Hey everybody, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you another amazing episode of the podcast. Um, we have actually broken into the 90s now, um, you know, the, the era in which I grew up. Um, but no, this is uh, episode 90 with Nick Filardi, who is a colorist on uh, Heartthrob uh, from Oni Press, and that was initially why he wanted to come on the show, was to talk about Heartthrob which we do, um, we, uh, you know, sporadically, but it all kind of circles back in the, in the long run. But, uh, Nick is also a cover artist and he's just really into comic books and the, in the genre of comics. So we had a, it was just a really fun conversation. Um, I owe Zach Davison, uh, apparently a lot of money because he recommended, or he, he basically threw it on Twitter, like, Hey, someone should talk to my friend, Nick. He's really cool. And he was right. So thank you, Zach. Uh, checks in the mail, probably, maybe. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a, a better podcast, and it's really amazing that you know, getting closer to a hundred, as I will start to genuflect upon it. Uh, as I get closer to a hundred, it's been kind of this really awesome experience of really having great guests, not just people who I'm friends with in real life, but people I've become friends with and have met through cons and through other people. So yeah, I just, this kind of roundabout way of me saying like, I have uh, had some real luck in this and I'm so glad that so many people have to this point agreed to come on the podcast. It could be all downhill from here, but I got a couple more in the bank, so uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, um, once again, uh, this is episode 90, Nick Filardi, uh, and enjoy. friends because uh zach was zach was on my show and then i was on yeah. um a panel with him and dylan todd who uh oh, who, who does heartthrob yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. uh yeah i met zach uh two uh seattle comic cons ago mm-hmm. uh city comic con uh yep he was just like randomly paired next to me i think oming was in between us but then he ducked out as his <laughs> tradition oh is it uh yeah, two years in a row now, so... <laughs> he was like, I gotta go, guys, bye. <laughs> yeah, every time he's got... It, it's like, it's always something that's, like, totally normal and mundane, but now at this point it's been twice in a row, and I'm like, it's me. It's me. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to say anything, but I feel right, like the right. common denominator he's, here. <laughs> yeah, he's politely excusing himself at this point. <laughs> You're just, like, standing there like, do I smell? What? What? What is yeah, it? Yeah. So Zach and I bonded. Oh uh, yeah, that, well, he he's an easy guy to bond with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it, yeah. Uh, we did a we did a panel at Emerald City this year actually about um, we called it the fine print crew. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, it was basically like it. We called it like comics adjacent job. So he was representing yeah. like the back matter kind of translator. I- I was there on the, like, podcasting, but I guess David Brothers, who moderated, he was like, let's call it marketing, too. I'm like, okay, I can live with that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then Dylan was there representing, um, I guess, more design aspects of it, but uh, he, yeah. also, he also writes a lot, too, so. 
Yeah, Dylan's Dylan's stuff is really good. The stuff he's doing for the heartthrob, especially uh, the trade, looks really good. Yeah, no, I mean, thank you for sending uh, the materials and everything because I'm yeah, yeah. I'm really fa- I'm familiar with heartthrob. Um, actually, uh, with Robert's work uh, as well. Um, I actually have a, a piece of his he did for me. Um, it was a Wiktiv, uh, Wicked and oh, Divine. Yeah? yeah, he did Lucy for me. So nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm like familiar with all of you guys, so I don't know why it's taken me so long to read the whole thing, but thank you nonetheless. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, Charlie always says uh, our editor at Oni, he's like, when you push the book, it's like for people who like Wikdiv and sex criminals and stuff like that. Because I'm always like, I don't. It's so that book is so out of my normal realm. Like I'm used to more superhero-y kinds of things mm-hmm. and like. Uh, stuff that's more actiony and like I don't know, like I don't want to even say weirder. It's like more even mainstream. Like this yeah. is weird. I've like never worked <laughs> on a book like that before. Uh, so he's like, yeah, like if people like this, they like that. And I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah, so no. I'll, that's what I'll pitch it as. So. I can, I can definitely, I can see that. No, because I'm, I'm a big Wicked Divine fan. I love Sex Criminals. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, I have a tattoo actually that's all just like Kelly Sue DeConnick oriented. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've got You're like non-compliant. Yep, I've got it's a mashup of Bitch Planet and uh, Pretty Pretty Deadly. Sure. So sure. Um, is that is that how you discovered Robert's work? From uh, Bitch Planet, yeah, I kind of like folded in. Um, yeah, yeah, because he, I think he was near like Valentine, uh, Valentine uh, during an Emerald City, and so I was just started yeah, chatting yeah. with him, and then was like, "Hey, you want to do a thing?" He's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do a yeah, thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. which, which is, it seems like how everything works out at a at a con. You just like, yeah, you talk, yeah, you talk for a while, and you're like, "You want to do a thing? Let's do a thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm always leery. I'm like, I'm wary though. I call them. Uh, uh, bar promises because like <laughs> sometimes it works sometimes yeah. it doesn't sometimes it's like stuff that's like yeah i would love to do that in a perfect world but i don't have time for any of this so of i'm course. just gonna move on yeah <laughs> it's like that's great that we had a, a few drinks and we talked about this really cool thing and then it's right, just like right. man that really cool thing would be great yeah. to actually do visit this in uh seven years yeah <laughs> when we've all made our fortune yeah right <laughs> the right, comic we, book we fortune just do weird comics all day. <laughs> oh my god, right? Like, again, perfect world, like, where just all the indie comics would be the mainstream. Oh, I know. I actually, I, I have a couple pitches that I've pitched to, uh, to Charlie at, at Oni mm-hmm. that he called the weirdest pitches Oni has ever received. <laughs> and he's like, we're, we're down to do them if you want to do them. But, mm-hmm. like, I just, the workload, I'm doing five books a month right now. Oh, good lord. It's just... Yeah, exactly. Oh, good lord. <laughs> oh, good lord. Yeah. We call that the Widowmaker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. See, the thing is, I've learned through the years, like, uh, what the level of stuff I can say yes to is, and, mm-hmm. and when the wheels start to fall off the wagon, <laughs> and, like, four books is comfortable, five is pushing it, mm-hmm. six, and my social life, like, falls apart, and my lovely fiancé is mad at me a lot because I'm stressed out all the time. Seven and, and then, you're dead. Yeah, seven is, like, and all the work is bad, additionally, with all of that. It's like, these colors, we I, we don't really know what to do with yeah. this, like... Uh... <laughs> Technically, color is on the page, mm-hmm. but like dun, up dun, is dun. down and like left is right. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. So, yeah. is it are all the books that you're doing? Are they all colorist? Are they a lot of cover art? Um, 
It's it's all colorists. I've been all colorist since like oh four. Oh really? So okay. For, for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I was doing uh, some personal stuff here and there, but the thing about that is that it doesn't really pay a whole lot, and also uh, the personal stuff will also uh, not pay the crushing student loan debt. So, what you mean? The thing you're passionate about isn't always going to pay the bills. Yeah, right. I. <laughs> It's funny, I went to school, I went to SCAD, and Mm -hmm. I went in thinking, like, um, like, I'm gonna do these beautiful pieces of art, and then they they teach you, like, a lot about, like, craft, Mm -hmm. like, the actual structure of making things, and then why you make them, and when I got out, I was like, well, okay, I can't make anything if it's not the next Watchmen, but that's (laughs) what my mentality was, and and then then I got my first uh, student loan, like, bill the Ooh. first the first payment came due uh-huh. and i was like okay i just need to make anything yeah <laughs> funny how like yeah yeah my student loan payments i mean i went to school uh to be a historian slash archivist basically oh that's cool yeah no i mean i love i love what i do i, I love the concept of everything that i do but yeah the crushing student loan debt uh, really pushes you to yep. go like well i guess anything will do right now yeah yep, <laughs> like, yep. that i mean when I was early in my career, I was just like, yes to everything, which mm-hmm. is how I learned, you know, you get seven books and the, and everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but now I'm, I'm lucky enough to be at a point where I'm working on five books and they're all projects that I believe in. They're, they're like my little children. Like Ooh. they're all a little bit different. They're all like, I have, I have mixed emotions when I'm working on them. <laughs> you love them equally, but, like, but in different ways. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, by the time I get to the end of it, I'm I'm always satisfied and I'm always happy, which is what the goal should be when yeah. you're making something creative. But, yeah, they're all pain in the ass in a little different way along as, the way. As children should, yeah. And then when, right, exactly. when you're done with them, you're sending them off to college, and then you're right. just like, you're like, oh my oh, god. I'm glad we did that, you know? <laughs> So, what are, the, what are the five books that you're working on? The five books are, um, I'm working on a Skybound project that I'm pretty sure has not been announced. Okay. They do a thing where uh, six issues get in the can before they solicit the first one. Which I, I like that policy, at least you've got like yeah, a full yeah, arc done. Yeah, it's so, um, I'm on issue six right now, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, it's like a UN, uh, inspectors in Iraq, but the WMDs that they're looking for are all, like, uh, enchanted creatures and magic and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's really cool. Uh, it's like urban fantasy kind of stuff. I don't want to I don't wanna name it, okay. so, but, yes, that's gonna come out soon. It's weird working on a book like that, because... Um, you know, I'm working on issue six right now, and I'm like, oh, this is a really good page. I can't wait to put this on my Instagram in, like, eight months, you know? <laughs> like, you, you guys are going to really enjoy this a year from now. <laughs> no, the, and that's the thing, like, the the more I talk to people in the industry, the more it becomes, like, I talked to David Walker a couple of weeks, about, weeks back. He did a thing up here in Seattle, actually. Um, and it's like, the more you learn, the more you're like, man, this business is just like, wow. Yeah, I... Like, so I started in, like, 04, mm-hmm. and there, that was, like, the infancy of, like, uh, social media and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I was, like, trying to incorporate it in, but then I, I didn't know, like, when you work on so many projects, 
like everything's got different dates. Yep. Everything's got different dates for uh, solicitation and color deadlines, and mm-hmm. you know, then like things start running over each other, yeah. and I never know like what's out or like what is available. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I don't want to spoil anything because you know, I yeah. want people to pick it up, read it, check it out. Uh, you don't so, want to be that guy that like ruined the the promotional like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I can't be that guy. So. <laughs> I like. I was like, well, I could sit down and make a calendar charting, you know, and everything's solicited in advance. So, you know, even with one book, it's like you're gonna have color deadlines, solution deadlines, mm-hmm. and uh, issue deadlines or issue releases, like all rolling over each other. Yeah, yeah. And then you multiply that times five, and then I was like, well, I could just not do any of this. But, but I, recently, I've been like, maybe that's a bad thing, and I should share art with people who want to see it yeah. process stuff i'm going to start doing a lot more process stuff yeah because i think that people are interested in that and no it, it i'm uh you, similar to like when you when you really kind of get into the nitty-gritty of the business aspect of comics like the yeah. more people are becoming interested and knowledgeable of the process like the fact that right. a comic does not create itself <laughs> and there's like a weird thing happening with coloring right now too where uh people are starting to come together on the idea that like the colorist is also an artist mm-hmm. and can influence the book in major ways and yep. uh i think that the only way to get people into that camp is to show the process that it doesn't it's not just like you know photoshop autofill done you know <laughs> it's like use ms paint it's fine whatever right 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 <laughs> so uh so anyway to circle back around yes working on a, a named skybound thing gotcha uh, I'm working on The Realm with Jeremy Hahn and Seth Peck. Uh, that's going to come out through Image. Um, I'm not sure when the first issue is coming out, but I'm working on the third issue, like, literally right now. It's on the other screen over here. Gotcha. Uh, and then I'm working on Heartthrob Season 2, mm-hmm. which is uh, the final order cutoffs at the end of the month. Um, and then, uh, what, are the, what are the other ones? Oh, uh, DC Comics American Way. Um with uh, I, I gotta look up their I gotta look up their names. I just started the project, no, no. so uh, yeah, like I, your I children, I get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I'm also working on uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Nice, with, yeah. Uh, Gerard Way and and Mike Oming and uh, John Rivera. Uh, All of the young animal stuff is just like ridiculously uh, awesome. It's it's so 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 good. <laughs> it's and it's so much fun. That's like one of the books I was, I was saying that like they're all kind of different. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is just like pure fun all the way through, like no big deal. Yeah. Like I, just, I like if I could do that book forever, I would. And I get you know like it it just flows out of me, and I think that's partly because Oming and I have been working since like two thousand and six, two thousand and five, somewhere in there. Like together so, on this project, or just in. Uh, like in, in we did um, Powers. And oh, we yeah. did Cross Bronx, and we've done Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I think those are the big ones. And then every once in a while, we'll do like an odd uh, Marvel or DC thing. Like we did a digital first Batman story about him and Killer Croc, and <laughs> you know, like little things along the way. So, uh, but yeah, so. I, do really well um george uh i think his name is Genty. okay his last name 
uh, for American Way, mm-hmm. and uh, John Ridley, of okay. course, wrote American Way. And it's the original team. Uh, American Way is actually a reboot of a Wildstorm book from, like, 2006. Okay. Uh, and they are the original team for it. For it. So okay. it's going to be, it's, like, kind of 10 years later since then. Okay. Um, I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm handling it with extreme care, and I love working with these guys so far. Mm-hmm. We've done a couple covers and like a little bit of preview stuff, but I haven't done a full issue yet. But that's those are the five. Yeah, that's, that's what's on the docket. So <laughs> man, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like you said, you're all over the place here. And jeez, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, American Way ships first week of the month. Uh, cave ships last week of the month, mm-hmm. and then the other three books just fight for dominance in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Dad, 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 Dad. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like whatever's available, because there, we have such like good lead time on on all that stuff. Like we're so far ahead mm-hmm. that like nothing is necessarily on fire mm-hmm. at any given moment. So like, and Robert has uh, a new kid so his he's like all over the place as far as you know yeah. like when stuff comes out and so it's like if i have heartthrob pages i work on heartthrob and mm-hmm. if i don't i work on something else kind of thing so. is it i mean in terms of like juggling all of those i mean and wanting yeah. to to keep you know as far ahead as you possibly can like does sure. it does it ever mix for you like does it is there ever a day where like okay the i'm doing what now (laughs) oh yeah especially with like covers and corrections those Mm -hmm. are like the two big thing and each of these books looks like very very different Mm -hmm. um the realm is this like post-apocalyptic gritty thing and then you know cave is like this psychedelic thing (laughs) and then like uh American Way is, is like, very, like, grounded in reality, kind of 100 bullets-ish kind of thing. Yeah. And and then, like, Pentagram Papers is, like, in the desert, so it's got a very different look, too. Mm -hmm. And and so, like, trying to keep everything straight and everything on track and then just, like, being able to adjust my, like, headspace per book uh, actually does take a good bit of, of... mental fortitude yeah the thing that the thing that i like to do is um i try to get like if i have multiple projects working on the day i try to break them up with the regular dog walks that mm. that i do with yeah. my dog and my fiance will take a lap around the apartment complex <laughs> and that'll kind of like it's like a palate cleanser for whatever yeah. i got going on so yeah <laughs> that's that's my method no, I mean, I just can't, yeah, you you imagine, like, trying to multitask with, like, different projects just in regular life, and then, yeah. you know, put that on top of, like, okay, now you have to have the right color scheme, you have to, like, yeah. you're, and you're kind of reading the comic as you go a little bit, too. Right, yeah, like, I'm not, I'm, ki- I'm, like, looped in as far as, like, the rough plot points, mm-hmm. um, because part of it is, uh, you know, with color, you want to make, like, every scene that needs to be meaningful meaningful within mm-hmm. the context of the regular book yeah so uh like heartthrob for example uh callie is in canada for season two mm-hmm. uh and she's kind of trying to work this like boring day job she's like trying to kind of go legit i'm trying to go straight like, man <laughs> yeah yeah so she's kind of trying to go legit but she's like also like thieving is just like in her blood now like she <laughs> yeah. wants to pull jobs you know so like there's this moment um and she's trying to like kind of push mercer out of her life mm-hmm. who, like, you know 
taught her how to, you know, steal and the, rob. For anyone who's not familiar with heart Yeah, the manifestation uh, of the heart she, she gained. Yeah, yeah. So she had a heart condition. She got she got a heart transplant. It's Mercer's heart. She sees him. She's in a relationship with him in the first in the first season, and he teaches her how to steal. Mm-hmm. And things go bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they don't go well. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great relationship. Uh, so, like this issue is about, or this season is going to be about her trying to like figure out who she is on her own. Mm-hmm. But like, there's like with any ex, mm-hmm. like kind of backslide a little bit occasionally yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> there was a there was a there was one panel i think where she was like reaching for a guy's wallet in the in the first issue and i think just the face that robert made on callie yeah. was insanely like it was amazing and almost kind of frightening at the same time <laughs> right yeah it's, it's like you know it's just your bad habits the heart wants what it wants mm-hmm. you have these moments of weakness no. you know? uh, <laughs> and so trying to highlight that with color uh, is important for mm-hmm. the context of the book. So I need to know what's going on in the script. Uh, one of the one of the parts in the first issue was she gets uh, back home to her housemates who are also thieves and they have a safe they're trying to crack mm-hmm. and, like sitting on the coffee table and like Mercer kind of guides her hand and when he does like the color like lights up because yeah. it's like vibrant. It's it's you know intoxicating mm-hmm. for her. And then like when she like pushes them out, like dial down like all the saturation to yeah. like you know echo her mood kind of thing. No, and, and no, go ahead. I was doing a similar thing in the first uh, first issue of the first season where like she was when she got her heart transplant, she was more like flush. Mm-hmm. than everybody else like her skin tone was um more in the reds and the oranges than, and then everybody else was kind of desaturated mm-hmm. she had all this fresh hot blood going through her like <laughs> she was she was ready to you know flip the desk at the day job which is not something i recommend no Don't do that at it, the day job <laughs> it's probably a little bit difficult especially if like some people's desks are bolted down so <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah you gotta unbolt it then you gotta flip it which, for sure impacts the dramaticism yeah and then everyone around you is like we're working on stuff what the hell yeah and you're like i need a wrench i'm angry (laughs) i'm angry (laughs) they're like heart wants what it wants um no i did um i did a a podcast a while ago when i was kind of first first starting this podcast and it was um it was a bunch of colorists it was uh marissa louise uh tamara bonville and yep yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can picture the crew in the mind, because they always hang out at, at Comic-Cons and yeah. stuff. They're great people. Uh, yeah, Kelly Fitzpatrick was on there, too. Of course. And yeah. uh, K. Michael Russell. Uh, yeah, so yeah. The, it was the, yeah, it was the four of them. So we did a whole, like, a, I called it a palette of colors. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, I like it. I was trying to be witty, and then I was just like, this yeah. might come across as too jerky witty, but whatever. No, 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 solid pun. <laughs> there we go. Ten out of ten. But uh, but it was um, especially when talking to Marissa, uh, she gets really into color theory and like the the yeah. importance of color and how it like you said it changes the mood of the of the story. You know, right. if the colors aren't in a particular way, you read the scene wrong. Right. Totally. Yeah. I and that's something that like you never get perfect at. Mm-hmm. Like. I, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but I feel like that's that's the dragon that you chase. Yeah. You know? 
<laughs> I like when I started doing coloring. I when I got out of school, like my palette was the strongest, most marketable thing, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Oh well, I'll do this because I need a paycheck for these terrible student debt." Of course, and and I was kind of like, "Oh, you just, I'll just make it pretty," and, and <laughs> just kind of was doing that, and then I realized very quickly that like, you know, anybody with like a little bit of art sense can do that it's Mm -hmm. about like taking the extra steps going a little bit further um when you start to like think about palettes as they relate to the context of the book as well like Mm -hmm. in american way um i'm starting to pull right like right now uh i'm starting to pull uh it's a very like racially charged book Mm -hmm. the first american way was about um one of the first like black superheroes in the 60s yeah uh and this is set in the 70s and i'm trying to pull um paintings and things like that from uh the met like high profile fine artists Mm -hmm. who are black and trying to pull palettes out of that for american way um as like a nod to other uh you know black artists who have broken down barriers and you know like and even if you know Nobody gets it. Even if, like, you know, a sliver of, like, the readership, like, understands it, like, that's great. That's for them, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and and when you think about uh, palettes, so, like, I've been trying to think about palettes in that way. Like, not only within the context of the story, but within the context of, like, what we're trying to say in the comic as well. Of course, yeah. Um, and and like I said, that's the dragon. That's that's what you're chasing. And I don't think you ever get like perfect at it. It's just like you get a little better every time, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well, I mean, even when you're going back to Heartthrob, I mean, it's set in the '70s, and so there's not only do, you know with with Robert's art, there's a certain aesthetic we assign to the '70s in terms of like clothing oh, and totally. and hairstyle. I mean, when she's got like the Farrah Fawcett thing going on there, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> like Robert puts wood paneling. In like every room now, every room has wood paneling in it. I'm waiting for I like, like a yeah. No, I'm waiting for like an avocado colored like refrigerator at some point. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, totally. it, it speaks to also like the color palette because there's the look yeah. of the clothing, but then there's the color of the clothing, and we have right. I think just based on the media that we consume, obviously, like we have a kind of we know what an '80s like color palette kind of looks like sure you know yeah we kind of know what it in like the 60s and 70s and it all kind of runs together but there's distinctive colors that kind of like pop out from time to time so right. what yeah what, what have you found pops from the 70s especially in this book oh i mean it's definitely just like shades of oranges and browns from <laughs> a lot of things i actually i i really love uh 70s wallpaper and mm-hmm. I picked out uh, and then like kind of altered they're in the season two they're they're all kind of like squatting in this shitty house mm-hmm. and uh, in Canada and like I picked out like because I knew we were gonna go co- keep coming back there yeah so I wanted to make it like really iconic the reader always knew when we were there mm-hmm. so uh, I picked out a terrible wallpaper from the 70s and <laughs> like you do the house <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I I can't wait for people to see it I actually I've been playing with wallpaper a lot more um I don't know if you read uh Mockingbird uh Chelsea Kane no I I, I, I did no sorry <laughs> uh but they were doing a lot of the colorist on that um 
whose name escapes me right now because I'm a terrible individual. Uh, We're all terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in the in the show credits, we should put the name of the colors. Okay. She did a great job, be- and uh, she was using uh, wallpaper like crazy mm-hmm. uh, in that book, and to huge effect. And it kind of like planted the seed in my mind of like, mm-hmm. you know, we should be doing this in Heartthrob because it is such a '70s thing. Yeah. But also, Heartthrob's about like. So you have, like, the 70s motif, mm-hmm. but knowing when to break it is always, like, really important as well. Because yeah. when, when, when you do that, you kind of create this, like, visual white noise of, like, orange, orange, brown, orange, you mm-hmm. know, yellow, beige, avocado, orange, you all, know. And all then, those really poppy colors. <laughs> right, right. And then she, like, sledgehammers her way into a bank, mm-hmm. and, like, I'm just going to be like, you know... Like, it's blue and green, and you're just like, whoa, what is this? Yeah. You know? Because like, it's an important moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about, like, adding punch to that kind of stuff in context. No, definitely. I mean, you're, you're, you're trying in your own way to... You're telling the story in your own way, too. I mean, you have the narrative that everyone's following, but the... Again, it kind of rolls back in. Like, the color tells you just as much as any of the writing can as any of the art can like it it can force you into a different emotional state yeah people i've I've heard colors compared to like the orchestra and film yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like we're setting the tempo setting the mood Mm -hmm. like making sure everything reads right unless you're like john williams and you just like plagiarize your own stuff and then (laughs) (laughs) yeah or i don't know Marvel movies are, are kind of bland, you know, orchestral. Yeah, I, I don't know, orchestrally. Yeah, yeah. There was an yeah. was it an it was an article or was it a video? It was a YouTube video. They were talking about yeah, yeah. yeah the music of the Marvel movies. Where you're like, yeah, there's really nothing distinctive. Right. Yeah. That... Can you can you hum a Marvel movie soundtrack? Like you really yeah. can't. I mean, Guardians is the only one that really stands out. Yeah, but that's because it's a jukebox. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which, uh, uh, so I saw Guardians this weekend, and, uh, which, I, I mean, I how do you feel about the Guardians movies, first of all? I really like the first one. I haven't seen the second one yet. It's, like, uh, maybe, like, a week old now, yeah, right? It, yeah, it's about yeah, a week old. I'm not that, I'm not that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, have, I haven't been either. Like, my, uh, my sister had a, uh, had a kid, and so I've been kind of more involved uh, on that side, and so I missed yeah. a whole bunch of movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm... I'm back. I'm on Doctor Strange right now. I haven't seen that yet, so I want to see that and then see Guardians. But uh, yeah, I really loved the first one. I, I'm like, I'm my fiance makes fun of me because she's like, <laughs> you don't like anything, and <laughs> it's like, it's kind of true. Mm-hmm. I like the the Marvel movies and the DC movies. I always just kind of find like, I've been reading comics since I was like you know, 12, 13, mm-hmm. and, like, these weird stories, and, like, you know, you, you have, like, the hand of an artist, and, and certainly when you start to work in the Marvel sandbox and you come up against these, like, crazy Jack Kirby designs oh that, God. like, are amazing, mm-hmm. and then you see Thor, and you're like, this, is, this isn't what I wanted, so you know? Like, I, I think they're starting to go in that direction now, but uh, for a long time, I felt like the Marvel movies, I would leave, like, the cinema and be like, you know, this this movie was fun. Mm-hmm. I'd come away and be like, that was a good time. 
and then a week later I'd be like, what happened in that one? <laughs> I, I can't remember. I yeah. can't remember. And I was like, does that make it bad? I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I guess it depends on your definition of bad or, I mean, memory. Right. There's, everyone has their own version of what's memorable to them. Yeah. So I think like part of it is that I'm too close to the source material to mm. really like fully enjoy it. Yeah. And then also part of it is like, I'm too distracted by other things to like rewatch and commit myself. Like I was mm-hmm. when I was like, when I was like 14 and I watched like mall rats freaking endlessly for yep. months at a time, you know, I was that with the, uh, the first teenage mutant Ninja turtles movie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. When, that's the one where Raph screams, damn it. Yeah, and right? <laughs> and everyone was like, oh my god, this is a kid's movie. What? <laughs> it's like, oh, my stars and garters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got the papers. <laughs> no, but, I mean, one of the things that, um, with, with Guardians 2, I mean, I I think if you like the first one, you'll like this one. I mean, I it's on par with me. It doesn't exceed it. It's not lesser. It just kind of feels like the same thing. Yeah. Which... I'm cool with, because they're, I mean, it's the most colorful movie. I mean, coming, like, coming kind of around to that again, it it has more color involved in this one especially, I think, than all of the superhero movies combined. And that's the other thing, too, is I I feel like uh, they kind of have realized that they've been making these, like, you know, movies where it's, like, it's got to be grounded in reality, Mm -hmm. and, like, Iron Man needs to like be like dingy and grungy and can't be like he's like red but he's not like red yeah you know like he's like this maroon darker yeah, kind of thing like that cherry uh, kind of or apple yeah, red yeah. uh and now i kind of feel like they're they're realizing oh we're making comic book movies mm-hmm. like let's knock up the color let's let's do some weird shit yeah because that's what i want i want the weird shit <laughs> yeah like, the, like legion was great oh my god uh, legion was so good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I saw that, and I was like, this is what I've been wanting the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm glad. And it's weird, because it's like, you know, it's a, it's a Fox product, yeah. which has been notoriously bad. But then, like, I hear Logan was good, too. I haven't seen Logan, but yeah, I hear I that was really good. I have a terrible uh, relationship with Wolverine in the movies. Just, I... Because uh, I, I like Hugh Jackman. I like him. But he's uh, not Wolverine. Like, sir. that... I mean, it just didn't make any sense to me because, you know, when that first movie came out, like, I think you and I are probably around the same age, so, like, the, um, was it the animated cartoon? <laughs> Choking our coffee. There we go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have the cartoon. Go ahead. By the way, speaking of the X-Men animated series, mm-hmm. uh, somebody came up to me at a con the other day, and they were asking me how to pronounce names of creators. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was telling him that, like, you know, I'm not a great help with this, as evidenced by butchering George's name from American Way. Of course. But uh, they were like, yeah, this is like Magneto. And I was like, what? And he's like, you know, the whole naming Magneto thing. And I I was like, no, I I don't know. He was like a little older than me. Mm -hmm. He says, yeah, before the 90s cartoon, everyone called him Magneto because a a magnet. Isn't a thing, yeah. but a magnet is, you know, like so it was Magneto <laughs> for like ever until the until the nineties cartoon came out and everyone was like, oh, it's Magneto, uh, and like every like an entire generation got on board with that, you well, know. And the same thing happened with um, was it Hermione Granger in the Harry Potter books, like. It was, oh, really? Yeah, up until the fourth book, when she act, when J.K. Rowling actually, you know, pronunciate like, pr- you know, wrote her name out in pronunciation form, yeah. 
everyone had a different idea. Like, I guess unless you lived in Britain or knew someone who actually was named Hermione. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to pronounce her name. Harry Potter, like, right as the third movie was coming out, mm. so... So you already, yeah. I, I missed the controversy. Like, I'm, I'm a 90s X-Men child, you know, <laughs> when it comes to Harry Potter. There we go. Which is a weird phrase. <laughs> I don't know, I think the two fandoms can fit together. I guess if, yeah, yeah, if yeah, Batman yeah. can show up in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle world... And vice versa, sure, you know. Sure, there's there's mutants and wizards. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I think in in terms of Batman's world, nothing should phase him at this point. Like, yeah. you know, if because I saw the there was like one of the panels with him and Swamp Thing. I think uh, for one uh, of yeah, Snyder's yeah. books or uh, whatever. Mitch um, did that that panel of like him <laughs> just sitting down with Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just sitting there and it's like. And, after a while, you're just like, yeah, he probably doesn't see anything as weird anymore. Right. Like, what well, could actually weird also, out Batman? Like, been alive since what, like 1936, 1939. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> you, you see some shit when you have adventures, like five adventures a month for I don't know, like 90 years or Pretty whatever. <laughs> I always loved it in the Justice League cartoon because I mean, him with Wally, where Wally's just like, you know, all this. He's like, yeah, why wouldn't I know? <laughs> Like right, yeah, Batman. This, is my, this is how I stay alive. <laughs> it's like, of course I know who Etrigan the Demon is. I'm right, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh. No, I mean, speaking to the, the Kirby stuff, so I on top of the Kelly Sue DeConnick tattoo, I have a big Barda tattoo. Nice. Yeah, right on top of that. So uh, I've been advocating for, like, a fourth world movie for, like, yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is I feel like, you know... It's great getting an Iron Man movie and an Avengers movie mm-hmm. and a Justice League movie, but, like, I like all the, like, nooks and crannies mm-hmm. in the universe. Like, I don't, like I said, give me the weird stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't really care about a Superman movie, but you put, you make a Dead Man movie, and I'm, like, oh, all in. Like, you know? Even if they did, because when they announced the, um, the now defunct Justice League Dark movie, like, with Guillermo del Toro yeah. and everything, I was like, I'm on board. Just yeah, gimme, perfect. gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> Perfect. Like, yeah, it's like John I, Constantine under the guy who was like meant to do John Constantine. Right, totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that fell through, and you're like, "Damn it!" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I, just, I actually just uh, uh, from Patricia Mulville, uh, I got a color guide, which I don't know. Do you know uh, like how colors worked pre-computers? No, but I'm always up for learning about it. So I just bought a col- what's called a color guide, mm-hmm. which was, it's basically like uh, before people were doing their own separations, like their own digital files, mm-hmm. before that was like easy to do. Yeah. Uh, colorists would get these pages that are like in, in black and white, like physical pages mm-hmm. on this paper that feels kind of like kind of like money but kind of like paper okay. like it's, it's like a fabric kind of thing uh-huh. but not really uh and they would go in and like by any means necessary like color a page mm-hmm. and you know they they would go in with like uh some were using like doc martin inks and some were using like markers and mm-hmm. you know mixture or whatever they needed to do yeah and then um some would go in and then add what they think the corresponding Pantone value is oh. for each of the important like swatches of color on the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like 
this uh, Wonder Woman Etrigan page uh, and the Phantom Stranger, mm-hmm. and they're like making their way through these statues that are trying to kill them, and uh, like you do, like you do, and it's like <laughs> noted like crazy with like all these Pantone things, and then like all these little notes that the artists are also writing to the to each other. Oh yeah, that, like never saw you know any kind of print or anything, mm-hmm. but are there and. and that kind of stuff's all really interesting, but I'm really, really glad that that is not part of the job anymore. Yeah. Uh, no. I, when I got into comics, uh, it was 2002 or 2003 when I started working for Lee Lavage's studio, Xylenol, mm-hmm. and we were still doing uh, separations. Like, on the business cards, it used to say colors and seps. Oh, okay. And, and so we were doing separations for um, Why the Last Man mm-hmm. and uh, 100 Bullets before Patricia went over. She, she jumped in at issue 35 and then went all digital at issue 50. Mm-hmm. And she was like one of the last holdouts for that. <laughs> uh, and Why the Last Man was actually one of the last books too. But uh, fun fact, since you're a Wick Div fan, yeah. Matt Wilson actually did a good amount of the seps for why the last man in like the later run oh, hey. uh, which is which is kind of neat yeah but you know I, yeah we were working in the studio together uh but yeah so i i came in right as like the last of the old guard was getting kind of phased out but mm-hmm. every once in a while you can find on ebay somebody will like you know just be like i can't keep these piles and piles of pages and they'll just put them put like a ton of them on ebay um i'm trying to get a, a hollingsworth one i'm trying to get a, a hundred bullets one mm-hmm. uh those those are the ones that are on my radar yeah so was that because yeah. I, I know with like the incredible hulk like there was issues with his coloring because he was gray originally and yeah so I mean, like, he's changed around, like, storytelling-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that was the reason why they shifted his colors, but, yeah, yeah Mr. Fix-It was, was gray, and he was, like, a smart detective. <laughs> I, I, dude, I love that stuff. Don't laugh at that stuff. No. That stuff's great. No, I love like, it, too, and it's just, it's always like just kind of like, smart, <laughs> smart detective, like, eight-foot-tall, like, super-strong Hulk yeah. is ridiculous and awesome. <laughs> no, it's, it's like... It's like how I want I want a Thor movie where he's Frog Thor, and I want a Thor movie with Beta Ray Bill, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if we're ever going to get there. <laughs> it, it might take a really... I mean, I, if if Ragnarok does any good business, I mean, because... Right, right. I'm, I'm hoping for, like, because they leaned a little Kirby-esque, and I'm hoping for, mm-hmm. like, a little bit of uh, Beta Ray Bill kind of yeah. action going I, on. I feel like Taika Waititi uh, knows what he's doing, like, with... Because uh, after watching, like, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which I'm not a vampire yeah. person, but I fucking love that movie. Sure, sure, yeah. My mom recommended that I see that movie to me. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, Ma, I'll check this out. And I was like, oh, she's got good taste. Yeah, I mean, basically anything that involves any of the Flight of the Concords people, I'm, sure. I'm pretty much yeah. on board. Like, I just saw Moana, and yeah. and like Jermaine Clement, I'm just like, anytime, whatever you do, dude, I'm gonna I'm probably yeah, gonna yeah, see yeah. it. <laughs> um, but you no, know, it's interesting. Like when you you talk about like the the notes that the colorists would leave each other. Um, yeah, yeah. Or any of that because I love I love that stuff like marginalia is is yeah. one of my favorite things because um, uh, it's where so my website is called the maniacal geek 
And yeah. uh, that came from a note or some marginalia that John Adams left in a, um, it was a pamphlet that Mary Wollstonecraft, the mother of Mary yeah. Shelley, uh, had written about democracy and the French Revolution. And, and he puts in there like, maniac, know your limits. Like he's writing to her. <laughs> that's like the ultimate note. That's, yeah. That's the note you get when you're on to something. Exactly. I mean, just yeah. like this dude who who's just like women writing about things that they know not. It's like, you know, right. you know cool your brakes there, dude. <laughs> I, got, uh, I mean, like everything's over email now. It's not in, you know, like the margins as mm-hmm. it were. It's yeah. all digital now. But, uh, I worked on a, a Hulk book with uh, Peter Kowalski, who's actually doing the, the uh, unnamed uh, Skybound project with me. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we worked on a Marvel Knights Hulk book, and there was a part where the Hulk is just, like, batting around AIM soldiers, like, like just, you know, like, hundreds of them. The Hulk's just, like, you know, tearing, tearing them apart. They're flying everywhere. Yeah. So I, like, covered the Hulk's fists in blood, and then, like... <laughs> you know, put, like, blood on the inside of the masks of the AIM helmet, you know, like, he was, like, popping them from the inside, you oh know? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, and the note I got back from the editor was, like, uh, so these pages all look great, but we don't really want to make the Hulk a murderer, and I was, like, he's a rage monster, please. He's a force of nature, like, what? Yeah, like, you think that he's like hitting this guy and he's flying half a block and then he's going to just get up and be like, well, time to cash my aim paycheck. No, because you, know? you know how Hulk lives in the A-Team world where everyone just like goes yeah. flying around and they get up and they're like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I understand, you know, they, they have, they're making a book that needs mm-hmm. to be all ages. It has to hit certain requirements. Oh, of it wasn't course. necessarily an all ages Hulk book, but they don't want to, you know. Even for Marvel have, Knights, have, that was too much. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, it was I don't know. It was just too much. Uh yeah, I'm trying to think of any other like weird notes I've gotten, but I I started to track my career as far as uh career Hitlers and career beheadings as oh, well. Oh god. Cuz those are like two things that I feel like like the Hitler thing's a classic comic book Captain America knocks out Hitler yeah. like kind of thing. Mhm. And so every once in a while, like I've been doing, like I said, I've been doing this since like oh four on my own and like oh three, like mm-hmm. with the studio. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I get to do, I work, get to work on a book with a Hitler in it. And oh, so yeah. I've done, <laughs> I've done uh, three career Hitlers. Nice. Uh, I did one about a wrestler who was going back in time correcting like humanity's wrongs of course as he's like chipping through time he's like beating up aliens who are making people build the pyramids and then he's like beating up hitler you know of course he's like i think he was like a pile driver for hitler mm. uh it was it was nuts have you um, ever read a book called time lincoln no tell me about time lincoln time lincoln it's like i don't i i think i still have it on my shelf somewhere i i don't see it right now but it's so it's basically like abraham lincoln right as he's about to be shot by john wilkes booth is yeah. grabbed by his future self and pulled forward <laughs> into the future and yeah, yeah. and meets up with like uh i think what oh who is it ben franklin and uh so that's like League of extraordinary gentlemen basically like, like isaac newton and amelia yeah. Earhart and <laughs> 
<laughs> so, That's great. Yeah, and then he, uh, he fights Hitler on top of Mount yeah, Rushmore. Of course. So, of course he does. Of course, of course he does. That's a good career Hitler. Right? Uh, right. <laughs> the the other uh, the other one that springs to mind. There's one I did forever ago that I is like too far back for me. That like I have a hazy memory of a Hitler, and mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, the the newest one I did was um, uh, Bruno Oliveira, and I did a a like cr- it was like a Christmas uh, uh, Gwenpool thing about Red Skull, and like <laughs> they. They weren't saying hail hydra they were saying like hail hatred they like made it more pc for the people who weren't involved like the private contractors who are not involved with hydra but still want to feel included oh. it was like he like red skull had to go down to accounting and he was like this isn't what i like i wish hitler was still alive because oh he was a buddy and yeah. like he got it you know like mm-hmm. he was like part of the old guard you know yeah yeah who, just say you know happy holidays or hail hydra yeah, of and course so hitler visited the red skull in the, in the middle of the night uh a la you know like uh christmas carol yeah uh, yeah christmas like, carol style yeah 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 so and like takes him through time and all the hate that they they've done so yeah, that was, that was my third. Year. See, I that love it. I love it when Dickens is used like that because I, yeah, yeah. I have a love of the classics, but I love when the classics get like, you know, kind of switched around a little bit. Like when uh, yeah, so- the Deadpool like basically like destroying all of literature was, yeah, yeah. was probably one so, of my favorite things. Max Dunbar uh, drew the the Hitler pile driver, uh, mm-hmm. and that was for a Vertigo like weird stories one shot. Okay. Uh, sports stories one shot, and then um, Bruno Oliveira did that uh, Gwenpool book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the holiday book that came out last year, mm-hmm. and then I've done like maybe four beheadings, which suddenly got more popular. Seems to be, like, on the rise for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't do any for a long time, and then I did, like, uh, two last year. I did one in uh, Red Thorn with Megan Hedrick, mm-hmm. and, uh, God, I can't even remember the other one. Too many comics. Too, <laughs> too many, too many beheadings, man. Too many yeah, beheadings. Yeah, too many. Well, there's only four, but, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think like, even one... one... <laughs> like, I think most people would say even one is too much, but then... yeah. <laughs> might say that i guess i don't know i mean it depends on who you are and what you're into but you know yeah uh i'm, I'm also counting beheadings where the person's still alive after the beheading so you know i mean that happens so often so yeah oh the other one was bruno again with a deadpool book we did a deadpool shakespeare book oh well that makes uh, of course <laughs> deadpool was beheaded and then was holding his head like alas poor york oh, and yeah they did a big pull of hamlet yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of all the characters, yeah. Deadpool is the only one who could really pull that one off. To, right. yeah. sure. Sure. it's like if only I—I I don't know. Does Deadpool know all of Hamlet? Does he know soliloquies? He was like, I don't know how he ended up in the universe. Like, I we did the we did the one shot, and mm-hmm. it was just like he just was in this universe, and then was speaking in uh, what do they call it? Ionic pentameter. Yep. Uh, Iambic pentameter. Iambic pentameter. <laughs> I, there's no ions involved. But, <laughs> Ironic but, pentameter. Yeah. Ironic pentameter, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe for Deadpool. But yeah, so he was just like, the people that existed in the world mm-hmm. like talked like Shakespeare. Gotcha. Like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was, he was molded in. No, uh, it makes sense. Like I, I think that's the one thing that I really like love about Deadpool is just the 
I mean, because breaking the fourth wall is one thing, but it's the imaginative ways that they can break the fourth wall now. Oh, yeah. Because they asked me to do uh, uh, 2099 Deadpool, mm-hmm. and I love the 2099 universe. Like, yeah. Because I was growing up in the 90s, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was the 90s. So, <laughs> it was the, yeah. <laughs> like, that's all we have to uh, say to kids now. It's like, it was the 90s, just. Mm. Yeah. I, I actually, I, so I scanned in Spider-Man 2099 uh, about a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, the first issue, and pulled the black and white line art out of it, mm-hmm. and then recolored it, like remastered it. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was talking to an editor at Marvel, and I was like, uh, can I, you know, like, make prints of this? Can I put this for free online? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the... What's the protocol? What's the, Right, and they were like, don't show this to anyone. And I was like, okay, all right. So that's just sitting on the hard drive forever to be, like, stored with the Ark of the Covenant, you know? Basically. I mean, you know, you can let, if if you have children, you can be like, here, take this. Maybe by now Marvel have loosened up a bit. Right. This is our horrible secret. Keep it close to your chest. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Yeah like us to go uh, to mount doom to destroy it <laughs> right right exactly so uh so i i love the 2099 universe and they started doing the deadpool stuff and i was like so totally on board uh uh scott kobayash does the art on that and he crushes it it mm-hmm. looks so good uh and i'm bummed because it's like it's one issue out of like i think like five or six so like when mm-hmm. it gets collected into trade it's like only one issue in one trade at a time. Yeah. So the only people who are like reading, like I think it's four or five issues uh, over the scope of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The only people who uh, are reading the whole thing all at once are the people who own the single issues. So if you have single issues out there, bring them to comic con. Yeah. (laughs) I will sign them. You, You are reading it in the optimal way. Like, I see, I've heard different things from people. I mean, it depends on the book too, because like some people think that, the the old way of coloring is the best way to read comics, you know, in terms of getting, like, the full, um, I guess, immersive version of it. Yep. Whereas, I guess, some books are more curated towards the digital side, where the colors, are, you know, emphasize things more. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. Hmm. It's, like, all digital now. Those people... <laughs> those people, they don't... They don't understand. Like, it's, it's <laughs> digital in a way that, like we're tricking you mm. like, <laughs> we're, we're making it look organic in certain ways like yeah. everything i i haven't spoken with any colorist ever at a comic con who's like i color entirely traditional yeah. like the only time you're ever going to get that is like with um like somebody's doing full paintings mm. like somebody who's a insane maniac who's doing like one book a year you know, like okay. something like that, uh, or indie indie projects. Indie projects might do that. Yeah. But as far as like your mainstream books, like it's going to be digital always, now and forever. Oh yeah, I can't imagine anyone working on like Batman or Superman is just like, you know what? I'm going to take some time and really just yeah, color these. <laughs> you're like, you can do that, but you're going to get like three Batman books a year. Like, <laughs> well, maybe they need to do that now. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, but. Yeah, if you want ba- if you want to read Batman in a monthly fashion, mm. then it needs to be this particular way. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna read my Batman yeah. like you know uh, George Seurat. <laughs> like I want pointillism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Which would actually be uh, kind of interesting. <laughs> I mean, 
if if DC is willing to you know pay my rent while I sit here and just point a list of Batman, like I will take it. They can they can pay me however they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can we can set up an hourly wage or yeah. salary or whatever, and we'll do one book a year. And it'll be go. fine. It's like <laughs> Batman in fine art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did they did some like uh, Wolverine uh, fine art covers like a while ago. I think mm-hmm. like Laura Martin did a Van Gogh Wolverine where like. <laughs> He had his, like, ear on one of the claws kind oh, of thing. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do appreciate those variant covers, like, like because Marvel was doing what, like, the fine art kind of stuff, and then they were doing a lot of the um, the rap and R&B albums. Yeah, yeah, those are great. Yeah, no, like, I think I was talking to Sanford Green about that a while back, and just, yeah. like, I mean, some of those albums were, like, it's just so iconic, and then being able to, like, see that with your, your favorite right, superhero right, kind right. of. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do some of those covers. Those those covers look so good, and they're they're like perfect. It's, it's such like an easy easy meld, you know. Mm-hmm. Like peanut butter and jelly, it just goes together. Oh man, peanut butter and chocolate. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because you you did start. Did you start off doing cover? You started off doing covers, right? Or no, I started I started doing uh, like full issues. The first thing I did was uh, NYC Mech with uh, Ivan Brandon. Miles Gunther was was writing it, and then uh, Andy McDonald was drawing it. It was mm-hmm. for Image, like before the giant Image boom. Gotcha. This was like 2004, whenever when no one was buying Image books. Mm-hmm. We did, we did an Image book because we're <laughs> smart businessmen, of course. Uh, so yeah, it was about like these story, these New York City slice of life stories, but like everyone was robots, mm-hmm. and bird, birds were robots, and everything was robots, and we never really like explained it, and and. It's, yeah, it's, like, I love that book because it's, like, you know, one of the first books I've yeah. ever worked on. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's your first kid. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, nobody look it up because uh, <laughs> we've, we've all, it was a long time ago, let me just say that. But I, I love it, but I keep it in the basement. <laughs> right, exactly. Chain to the radio, where it belongs. Uh, but I, I do, I do love the fact that, like, uh, if that book came out now, I feel like it would sell very well in this market. Mm-hmm. And I feel like comics is moving in a direction where, you know, like there's so much good stuff out there right now. Yeah. It's, it's like infinite. Uh, and when I started in like Oh four, the stuff that I wanted to do was kind of difficult to do. And like Marvel and DC still kind of had like, you were told about like a house style yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. where like you had to adhere to doing things a certain way mm-hmm. if you wanted to be successful within the industry. And I, I feel like, right. Like people complain about like low numbers or like, you know, uh, it's tough to sell beyond like an issue three or four or whatever, you know, cause readership like picks up issue one but then they might drop off a little bit and yeah. things like that and it's because there's so much good stuff out there and honestly i'd rather have it be like you know we don't sell like nearly as much of a single issue mm-hmm. but like the quality is just so so much higher and the creativity is like yeah. amazing comics right now i feel like are going through a renaissance and if you're reading comics right now this is the best time to read comics. Like yeah. as a, as a person who has like, you know, I went to school for comics. Like we had comic history classes, nice. you know, we, yeah, we, I've done like a lot of reading about comics and the way comics are made. And like, mm-hmm. you go, when you go back to like, you know, sixties and seventies, like, you know, there was, 
a way that comics were being made. I'm not trying to minimize the way they were made back then because, mm-hmm. you know, they were they had limitations of print. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, uh, limitations of manpower and, like, the seriousness that people took with, with them, with yeah. some of them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, like, right now, comics has gone through the growing pains of the 90s and, like, through the, the you know, angsty kind of, like, spawn stuff. And, like, I don't know. I think sometimes DC still hits that angsty... I mean, all companies, I feel, yeah. like, slide into that a little bit. But I'm a brooding but, mastermind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, I mean... You can easily avoid those books now. Like, For sure, you yes. can, yeah. You can pick up Heartthrob. Heartthrob is a romance book that, like, I feel like would not thrive under any condition other than now. Mm-hmm. Like, the way the comics market is now, like there is an audience for people who want to pick up like a romance heist book yeah you know Mm -hmm. yeah no the the genres are also expanding in ways where it's like you can do your science fiction fantasy kind of you can mesh the genres in ways that um really only happened like back in the 40s like when they were doing like the right and like they were just like totally experimenting yeah when they were like we don't know what's going to sell, so here's everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, here, the lady with a skull. I, I don't know. Uh, demon yeah, worship. <laughs> oh, man. We did a... Uh, so I worked very briefly for uh, Valve, the video game company. Mm-hmm. We did... Um, Oming and I actually did Team Fortress 2 books and oh. Left 4 Dead books and mm-hmm. stuff. Stuff that got put online for free and I think in print later down the road, but... I don't know. I haven't. I haven't actually seen any of that stuff in print. Oh. But uh, but regardless, we did a uh, these like mock comic book covers, mm-hmm. and it was about the Alamo. But he was like in a romantic relationship. He was a doctor, mm-hmm. and it was the Alamo, the building. So it was like a person, but then the Alamo was the head, mm-hmm. and he was in. The, he was like you know this like lovers like romance book yeah and it was like will the alamo ever love again <laughs> and things like that it's like it's so ridiculous but you know like that's that's a book that i feel like if we made that book now people would buy it you know like there's an audience for the alamo if the alamo will ever you, love again. you have a market <laughs> for it somewhere right right yeah or if anything yeah. you just make a zine out of it or something like that right, and... yeah i actually so when I was out of school, I know I talked about the crippling student loan debt that every uh, artist that you ever meet at a Comic-Con has. Of course, yes. Uh, but when I was also out of school, I part of the reason why I didn't end up doing uh, art as far as like pencils and inks and stuff like that was because I was doing like these like little weird comics. Like I did one about a, uh, a vampire giraffe that basically couldn't be stopped because his neck was so like you'd be in in your home on the second floor and then the vampire giraffe would just like through the window bite you in the neck you know and you're just like oh what can i do you know like this i didn't even invite him in he's still outside you know what can you do but like so i was doing these like freaking weird comics oh god i would read that i I would read that yeah i did one about uh goat cowboys that were trying to hunt down the chupacabra in the desert that end up turning on themselves uh yeah so i was doing these like weird little comics and you know i got out of school and this was 2004 when like we are like not that far from the 90s Mm -hmm. and we're still talking marvel and dc or marvel and dc house styles like 
Spawn is still selling really, really well. I mean, I don't know how what Spawn's selling right now. It could be selling well right now, too. I have no idea. But, yeah. Or if it's even out. I'm, I'm not reading Spawn. Yeah. Full disclosure, I'm not reading Spawn. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, God, exclusive. Nick Filardi is not reading Spawn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that isn't even a judgment. It could be a great book. I just haven't read it. <laughs> like, I don't have time, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so, like, that kind of, like, that was the temperature out there, mm-hmm. and I was like, who is going to buy these ridiculous comic books? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was like I could either like toil away for like 15 years and try to build an audience and be broke and work a day job, mm-hmm. or I could start doing my marketable skill. And I'm glad that now we're seeing kids coming out of college mm-hmm. who are like, I got this weird idea, and people are like, let's do it, yeah. you know? Well, like, so, webcomics as well have been, like, a, a, yeah. a big place, a, a, a medium for uh, for artists to be able to put their work out there. You know, they are right. they may not be getting paid a lot, but at least it's like, hey, I had this weird thought, so I made a thing. <laughs> so. Right, yeah, which is amazing. Like, it should be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I was doing that, uh, like, if you weren't Penny Arcade, you basically weren't making money. Yeah, so. basically. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, those ideas, though, might take fruit uh, if you wanted yeah, to yeah. bring back a Vampire Giraffe. Vampire Giraffe. He's very sinister. He's not a good guy. It's like, what would you call it? Vampiraffe? Vampiraffe. Giraffe? Giraffire? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, Giraffire. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I think he's got a good origin, too. I think mm-hmm. there's, there's a story in there about a vampire that's like, you know what? Giraffes are my thing. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start turning giraffes. And then everyone else in the like, people like. Can you imagine like a, a vampire who's been around for mm-hmm. like a couple thousand years? Yep. He's like, guys, I've just I've seen it all. I'm gonna start biting giraffes. Like giraffes are now my thing. And they're like, also, Jerry, why? Yeah, it's like, dude, dude, humans are fine. He's like, no. He's like, I've gotten weird with it. It's, it's like, I've you know. Weird. I, I've gotten weird with it in ways that I, I don't want to fully disclose. <laughs> However, I took I a little too much step. X that last time, yeah, and yeah. I think my next step is giraffes. It's like he took, Although, I, I don't know if a vampire really thrives in like the African savanna. <laughs> that might be a little hard, but you know, I mean, maybe he took like a sabbatical in Africa for a while. Like, sure. there's got to be African vampires. I mean, why sure. not? Sure. So like. Look, he goes, I have to overthink it. I know. It's a vampire. <laughs> that, that's all you need to know. That's it doesn't need to be invited. Yeah, in. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the Cars universe. You don't know why this society functions or how it happened, but they've got eyes. Like the producers of Cars, like say in some interview that uh, the Cars like decided to just run society because humans were obsolete. Did they? <laughs> Did they say I that? I remember reading that somewhere. I don't. It could have been fan fiction. Full disclosure. I mean, full disclosure. I'm reading fan fiction. I am not reading Spawn. <laughs> full disclosure. I'm reading fan fiction about the Cars universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, and I'm, that is some weird I'm, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like some of these people. I'm like, okay, I respect your creative like license, but wow. Sure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's like, I know a few fan fiction writers. I used to write fan fiction myself, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a lot of, um, do you ever watch the show Andromeda? Oh. No. It... I don't even know what the regular fiction is. <laughs> <laughs> well, well fan fi- I mean, 
just basically taking a property that you love and then just writing right, some, yeah. yeah, you know that part. I mean, so, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, there was a few shows that I was like, you know what would be better in this? My idea. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I love the creativity behind that. I, I actually, I'm working on a project right now with my uh, nephew, oh. who is seven. Nice. And he was like, it started as will you draw me a dinosaur picture? And I was like, sure. And he was like, will you draw two? And I was like, sure. And he was like, will you do 22 pages of a comic book? And I was like, buddy, we're getting into page rate territory. Like, <laughs> But I I actually think that uh, to circle back around, mm-hmm. uh, I think that I'm going to start trying to do little zines for, uh, you know, because people come up to me at shows and they're, you know, they're, getting books signed and they're talking to me about color but Mm -hmm. i think it'd be nice to do like little weird stuff for people who like little weird stuff like me yeah no i uh, now that you say that if you're at emerald city comic-con next year i fully expect to see a draft vampire oh god don't put that deadline on me oh don't worry no right now five books i'll just i'll just show up with a with a sketchbook and be like vampire draft (laughs) yeah 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 we can do that for sure uh my nephew does occasionally. I thought, like, oh, maybe he'll forget about it. He's not going to forget about no, it. Like, Jonah, get that Jonah is on point. He is focused. I, I talked to him. This was, like, around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I talked to him a month ago, and he was like, how's my comic book coming? And I'm like, well, buddy, you know what? I got a lot going on. Is he writing it, or did he just say, like, hey, do no, this comic book? No, the burden is entirely placed on me. So... I like your nephew very much yeah, right now. Yeah. He's just like, here's the idea, go. He's like, do with it what you will, just do it. Yeah, he's yeah. like a taskmaster. Right, exactly. He's he's at the phase where he's delegating, mm. but not, you know, following through. How, how old is he? Seven. Well done. Yeah, well done yeah, you. Yeah. He's, already, he's already transcended middle management. Man. He's, he's at the top. This kid is like already like just shooting up to the yeah, top, man. Yeah, he's going to yeah. go places. <laughs> Well, we've come to a weird spot for the end of the hour, but I think it's, I think it, it fits. Um, but, um, before we, we end this, uh, I know that you specifically did want to talk about heartthrob. So was there anything in particular that you (laughs) wanted to emphasize? Uh, The only thing I want to stress is that the trade, I mean, we talked about it a lot, uh, you know, color schemes and everything, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I actually think it's a, a fantastic book, uh, it's one of the books that I believe in. I bring it to cons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first trade is like priced to move. It is mm-hmm. ten bucks just for the first trade, five issues. So it's super cheap. Um, it's actually we're gonna we're gonna di- we're gonna digress again. I'm okay. sorry. No, that's fine. It's, it's gonna happen. Digression but, uh, is basically part of my podcast now. So. The the trade is printed on uh, this like uh, older paper that mm-hmm. is made to feel 70s like when you're when you're reading it it's set Ooh. in the 70s uh-huh. so so but it like soaks the ink in a weird way where it slightly desaturates all the color Ooh. so if you want like a vibrant book mm-hmm. you pick up single issues if you want like a vintage 70s feel Ooh. to how the co- how the comic would look if it was printed in the 70s uh-huh. you pick up the trade see uh, i like shit like that i love yeah, that like, yeah, that's that's the the side process stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, the first trade is ten bucks. It's available now. Everyone should read it. It's it's cheap and it's high quality, high high quality. Uh, I agree. It's cheap now. 
<laughs> and then the, the season two, we're starting, um, the final order cutoff is the end of this month on the 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you should order it. You should put it on your pull list. Yep. It's uh, an incredible book. I'm like three issues in right now. We're doing um, five issues for each season, and we're doing three seasons. Nice. And let me tell you, where wherever you think the story's going, it <laughs> is going in a different direction. <laughs> I look forward to it. No, I like. Uh, I think I, I kind of mentioned it, but when um, she's using the chain as her uh, her theme song, basically in the first yeah, season. Yeah. Like, I love, like, I mean, I'd just seen Guardians when I was reading that, too, so, like, they used the chain in the second yeah. uh, movie, and I was like, oh my god, I love this song so much. Yeah, it's, it's like, uh, McKelvey actually did a uh, Fleetwood Mac Rumors cover for a variant for the first issue, oh. which it looks amazing. Uh, nice. It's it's written in a way where, like, the first, uh, the first trade is supposed to, like, echo kind of, like, emotionally what uh, Fleetwood Mac was going through mm-hmm. as far as like this passionate, explosive mm-hmm. meltdown, like insanity yeah. that was happening within the band in Rumors. Mm-hmm. So uh, each issue or each uh, season is kind of like based on uh, loosely, like emotionally, what the bands were going through when they were making uh, each album in uh, for Fleetwood Mac. So mm-hmm. if you're a Fleetwood Mac fan. You should check it out. It's like, apparently Christopher Sabella knows what my jam is. So. Yeah. He's, he might be a smart guy. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> maybe, a little, maybe. I'm not saying he's, you know, vampire draft smart. Well, no. But... I mean, no one's vampire <laughs> draft smart. <laughs> but yeah, so final order cutoff is uh, the end of the month on the 28th or 29th. Uh, you should put it in your pull box. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's also a smaller press book. So mm-hmm. while Cave Carson, you know, Everybody should also read that because it's freaking weird and fun and Gerard Way is excellent. For sure. Um, that book is going to sell whether you support it or not, you mm-hmm. know, but, you know, uh, <laughs> something like Heartthrob from Oni Press is like this small press little mm-hmm. thing that is a uh, diamond in the rough and uh, sometimes gets drowned out by all the white noise. And so I feel like I want to get the word out for it because it's a quality book and I think people would like it. No, and uh, I agree with that. I think everyone should love and enjoy this book because I certainly did. So um, thank you for that. (laughs) No problem. And if people want to follow me, uh, I'm on Twitter making bad jokes at Nick Phil, Mm -hmm. N-I-C-K-F-I-L. And then I'm on Instagram showing art. Uh, My handle on there is Nick underscore Filardi. So, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, uh, on behalf of That Girl with the Curls, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, anytime. Excellent. This has been so great, and you're you're welcome back whenever you want to talk shop or yes. more yeah. giraffes, zombies, or vampires, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to make a whole, like, Universal Monsters giraffe right, universe. Right. So be fine. I like it. All right. <laughs> and uh, as always, uh, good night, everybody. Good night.